is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. In the last couple of weeks, we've spent some time in uh, probably one of my favourite passages in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2. And it's been a real joy to get back into Acts chapter 2, to preach from it once again, and uh, looking at what it meant to grow, what it means to grow in community life. We looked at the early church, at their devotion, their community, their care, the atmosphere, their worship, and the whole subject of growth. And last uh, last week, rather, we talked a lot about atmosphere. Quite a bit, in fact. And I wonder, have you been an atmosphere changer this week? How has that gone for you? Or if there are any more stories that perhaps we could hear on, uh, on future occasions. I'm more and more convinced that God is calling us to this, to be those that change the atmosphere around us. We should be the ones setting the tone, bringing the atmosphere of heaven to the places that we go. Amen? We should be carriers of that. But a few weeks ago, we didn't actually get to talk about reaching nations. We ran out of time before we got to that bit. And so we're going to come back to that this morning and look at what it means to be a church, a local church that has on its heart nations of the world. And that's where I want us to go this morning. Not literally to the nations this morning, though that may come uh, later. But I want us to look at that subject this morning and see what God has for us. Okay? So shall we pray and uh, then we'll look at it together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us this morning about your grace. And Lord, we want to be those that are carriers and dispensers of your grace right across this world. And so as we look this morning at the subject of reaching nations, we... Pray, O God, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, would you be speaking to our hearts right now? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rather than look at one particular passage of Scripture, what I want to do is look at a number of passages of Scripture as we go through. Uh, And so uh, I'll I'll give you some references as we go, but we won't be just based in, in one passage this morning. But rather, I want us to have a look at what the Old Testament and the New Testament says about this subject. And uh, we'll, um, we'll spend some time in the Old and in the New Testament and then see what God is saying to us specifically. I want us to see as well that this subject of reaching nations is not just an add-on to the other things we talked about. I know we're doing it over on a separate week, but this is not some sort of bolt-on to the other things that are really more important. What I want us to see this morning is this is as important and as uh, equally important as the other things that we've looked at over recent weeks. This is not just an extra that somehow sort of gaffer taped onto the side and stuck on there, not really quite fitting, but we feel it should be there somehow. No, no, I want us to see this morning in God's word that this is core to who we are. Right the way through the Old and New Testament, this theme keeps coming up. And it's as important to us as the other things that we've looked at of loving God, loving one another, loving those that don't know Jesus yet and serving the city. 
Now, sometimes people would say things like, well, those things are all fine, but you know what, haven't we got enough to do here? Have we really got the resources to even think about other places, let alone other nations? And they're good questions. And I want us to think about those this morning because um, it's important that we see this is core to who we are. It's, it's part of who we are. And I'm hoping that as we look at Scripture together, that will help us to answer those questions in a scriptural way. Because the truth of the matter is we've got lots to do here. We've got lots to do in this city or the place where you live. Have we got the resources that we need to think about other places or other, other nations even? Well, we always need more resources here. That will never change. And so actually what we need to do is settle this one in our heart and settle it from Scripture in order that we might answer those questions in the right way. So let's see what the Bible has to say, shall we? So right at the very beginning of God's Word, it's very, very clear that God has a heart for all the nations of the world. When you think about it, he created them all. He knows them all. He created where they live. He knows their people group. He knows the, the places that they inhabit. And God has a heart for them. All the peoples of the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, right in the very first chapter of the Bible, Adam is told to fill the earth and subdue it. Not just think about one small place, one uh, particular area. Fill the earth is the instruction, the command that he's given. Not just the Garden of Eden, but the earth. But later in Genesis 9, God makes a covenant with Noah. And he says, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Be fruitful, increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it is another Translation puts it. Right at the heart of God's instructions and promises are the earth, or the world, or the nations, as you might say. Now in Genesis chapter 12, it gets a bit more specific. We come across this guy called Abraham. And God makes some promises to Abraham. Over a period of time, don't all come in one go. Actually, over a period of time, God adds to the promises. And what he thought to start with were some fairly substantial things that God had said. Over a period of time, as God reinforces it, he says it again. He keeps adding to what he's saying and increasing the promise. And now it's not just an individual or a family that God's making promises to, but it's a nation. And more than that, this nation was to be a blessing to other nations. That's what God wanted it to be. So in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God says that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's so important, even though God was calling into being one nation... It was always with the intention to bless and to reach other nations, to demonstrate to them what it was like to be a nation under God, what it was like to live in relationship with the living God. They are meant to model it, to be an example, so that other nations could see and observe what it was like. 
But if you know your Bible, you'll know that over time, actually the Jewish nation faltered on on that one. And uh, time again would wander away from God and uh, not really be that model to others. They didn't see it in that way very often. They saw it was just about they were the special chosen people. And indeed, God had chosen them. But he'd chosen them with a purpose. In order that with the relationship they had with him, they could demonstrate that to others. They didn't always, unfortunately, see that. And time and again, the prophets are sent to bring the nation of Israel back on track. And if you read through the Old Testament, you'll see that's a bit of a cyclical occurrence. They would walk with God, then they'd fall away from him and God would send a prophet. And then they'd walk with God for a while again and fall away from him and God would send another prophet. And so it would go on. But Isaiah, one of those prophets, says this. Isaiah 49, verse 6. This is God speaking through Isaiah. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So they could have thought, ah, it's just about getting back on track with God. Just about restoring the nation, the tribes. Just about them getting into a good place with God again. Well, that was important. That was right. That was to happen. But he goes on. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles. Those who are at that time outside of those promises. In order that you might bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Do you notice that phrase, the ends of the earth? We'll come back to that in a moment. Because, friends, I believe that should define our mission. That should define our reach. That should define the area of the world that we pray for. The very ends of the earth. That's what God has wanted to put on our hearts this morning. And so right through the Old Testament, it's clear that God's heart is for the whole earth. All the peoples. All the nations. And then in the New Testament, Jesus tells his disciples to make disciples of all nations. So Matthew 28, verse 19, a verse that many of you might know, Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. It's an instruction to them. It's a command to them. And similarly, it's an instruction and command to us. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus says this to his disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you notice that phrase again? It's back to the very ends of the earth. Now, I need to move on quickly from that verse because I could spend all morning on that. But do you notice how the Holy Spirit comes to empower them? Why? How is it linked? What happens? As a result of the Holy Spirit coming on them, mission happens. As a result of the Holy Spirit empowering them from God, they're to be his witnesses. 
Sometimes we can think it's just about the Holy Spirit coming so that we can feel close to God. Well, yes, he does come to us to be a seal. That's another word that the Bible uses so that we know that we are adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. And we have that assurance of faith and we're certain about it. And there's that security in knowing who our Father is. The Holy Spirit does do that. But that's not all he does. He comes to give us power in order that we might be witnesses, that we might go to the ends of the earth. So what about the apostles? What about the early church leaders? Well, to start with, the early church focused on Jerusalem. That's where they were. But then when persecution came, they were scattered into all sorts of places. And then they were forced to think about the places that they were scattered to. In Acts chapter 9, we find the conversion of Saul. And in Acts chapter 10, God gives Peter a vision. And if you know the story, we don't have time to look at this morning. He's called to a, to a Gentile's house, a centurion, a guy called Cornelius, that God has been speaking to. And Peter says, he says, after some conversation and God speaking to him, he says, I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Then the Holy Spirit fell on those who are listening, and they're baptised in water. In Acts chapter 11, Peter has to explain his actions to the other apostles. And they conclude in Acts chapter 11... Verse 18, they conclude that God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. They get it. They see it. In that moment, they see, ah, it's not just about the Jewish nation. It's not just about those people. It's not just about that people of God, but it's about all peoples that God wants to welcome in to his family. It's about all the peoples that God wants to show and demonstrate his grace to. And so from this point onwards, the early church and its leaders had a heart for other nations, those who are far from God, as well as those who knew something of the God of heaven. As a result of the scattering, new people were reached. They reached the people that they were around. They were scattered into all sorts of other places far from home, and they began to gossip the gospel and to reach those who were local to them. Now that they'd seen that the gospel was for every people group and every nationality, things changed. And if you know anything about the Apostle Paul and his ministry, much of which is recorded for us in the New Testament, you'll know that he was always pressing forward, always going to new places, always going to other nations, always aiming to reach out to those who are far from God and to draw them in. And what about at the end of time? What about looking forward? Well, in the Old Testament, God wanted the Jewish nation, his people there, to demonstrate to the nations around the love and the goodness and the grace of God. But unfortunately, as the Bible records, as we've said, a lot of the time they spent rebelling against God and he would send a prophet and they would uh, come back to him. 
But what now? What now? Well, God's heart is still for all the nations. And now he wants his church to show to every people what it's like to be in relationship with him, what it's like to know him, what it's like to be part of his family. God made some wonderful promises to Abraham and to the nation of Israel. And we have the privilege as the church of being grafted in, It's a phrase the New Testament uses, to those promises. We get to inherit what God said, what he promised. We're grafted in to those wonderful promises that God made. And it's a prophetic promise that we're now part of. We together are part of God's promises. So time and again, the New Testament talks about being saved and added. So there must be something to be added to. What is it? It's the church, isn't it? We're added to his family. We're added to the church. And God has a plan and a purpose for a glorious end-time church. A church that expresses the life of God as a community. A church that demonstrates the kingdom or rule of God. A church that is everything that he wants her to be. A community that will demonstrate, demonstrate to the nations what it means to be one new man in Christ. Amen. And you know what? You're part of it. Every one of you. You're part of it. You get to inherit these promises. Now, in the the book of Revelation, we get a glimpse into the end of time. And in Revelation chapter 7, John describes something of what he sees in this vision. Verse 9, he says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So do you notice there that what he sees are people from every nation, every tribe, every people and language standing before the throne worshipping Jesus? We're told that's what's going to happen. So we can be certain about it. Actually echoes what the psalmist said in Psalm 67 where he said, May all the peoples praise you. Not just some of them, or a few, or a certain number. He says, may all the peoples praise you. And so think about it for a moment. If at the end of time that is going to happen, that is going to be seen, people from every nation, every tribe, every language, every people group are going to be there worshipping Jesus. If that's going to happen, and we believe it is, do you? If that's going to happen, then they have to be told. They have to know, don't they? If they're going to be there at this point in time, then at some point in time preceding that event, someone is going to have to tell them. Would you agree? It's just logical, isn't it? It's going to have to happen. If at this point in time there are going to be people from every nation, every language, every tribe, every people group, at some point between the start of time and then, they're going to have to be told. They're going to have to know. 
So actually they're going to have to know something of the grace of God in the Lord Jesus. So at some point between the time of the life and ministry of Jesus on earth and in that point in time, they're going to have to be told. They're going to have to know. Someone's going to have to explain it to them. Someone's going to have to say, hey, I want to tell you about the good news, about the grace of the Lord Jesus. Do you see it? If that's going to happen then, they have to be told. John Piper, the American pastor and author, puts it like this. This is a great quote. I'm sure I've quoted him before. He says, mission exists because worship doesn't. God is after worshippers. God loves worshippers. And there's going to be a whole load of them at this point in time. So to get there, mission exists. To tell people and invite them into a relationship with Jesus. So how do we do it? How do we reach nations? How can we do that? But what the New Testament leaders did was plant churches. If you look at what the Apostle Paul did as he wondered about the New Testament world, what did he go about doing? He went about preaching the gospel and starting churches. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, we get a very interesting phrase. Paul says this, So from Jerusalem all the way round to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. What does that mean? Had Paul really gone to every single person in that vast area, from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, had he really spoken to every individual, gone to every family, knocked on every door in every home and said, I want to explain the gospel to you? Had he done that? No, of course he hadn't. But what he had done is enabled others to do it. What he had done has ensured, was ensure that there were churches there who could do that. That churches were planted, churches were started, that could then reach their community, reach their area, reach the people group that they were part of, reach their city, their town. That's what he means. And so if we're going to see, at this point in time, all the nations represented worshipping Jesus there, then we've got some work to do. Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. It's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen. So that should drive us forward, shouldn't it? That should put on our hearts a passion for other nations. A passion for other places that maybe haven't heard the gospel, particularly what missiologists describe as unreached people groups, which are people groups that largely haven't heard the gospel. The two most common definitions are these. Firstly, a people group with no indigenous witnessing church able to reach the nation. And there are around about 6,000 people groups in that category. The other definition is this, a people group where less than 2% of the population are evangelical Christians. There's a whole lot of people who fall into those categories, into those definitions. There's a lot of work to do, friends. 
There's a whole world to reach with the gospel. So what do we do with that? What do we, as a local church, here in the city of Derby, do with that information? What do we do about it? If it's clear that our mission field, our patch, if you like, is not just the city, not even just the surrounding areas that we're beginning to touch, places like Burton and Ashbourne and Belper and others that God's putting in our hearts. But it's not just here and those places, but actually it's the nations of the world. What do we do with that? How do we react to that? What's a godly response to that? Now, obviously, we can't go everywhere. I know that. I know that. Obviously, we can't go to every place. We can't go everywhere. But you know what? We can go somewhere. We can't go everywhere, but we can go somewhere. I think it was Mother Teresa that was once asked about, you know, how could she begin to love and to, to reach the, you know, the hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people that she, um, the nation that she worked in. You know, those who were far from God, those who were in desperate need, how could she begin to reach that vast number? And her answer was this, just one at a time. She might not be able to do everything, but she could do something. And friends, the danger is this. The danger is that when we talk about something so huge as this, we can think, we can't do it. We can think, we stand no chance. We can think it's too big. It's too vast. Maybe others will go. Maybe others who are larger or more resourced or more, more something. Maybe they can go. And we can discount ourselves and say, we can't do it. I don't believe that's the heart of the Bible. That's certainly not the heart of God for us. I know we can't go everywhere. We can go somewhere. More recently, God has been opening doors of opportunity to us in Cambodia. Now, I don't think anyone saw this coming. This was, hasn't been you know, a, a long time in the planning, but it seems to be something that God has brought to, upon our path. And there's some open doors there, and God is starting to speak to us and say, no, you can't go everywhere, but you can go somewhere, so how about here? And he's speaking to us about this nation of Cambodia. And it's interesting that Cambodia's main people group is classified as unreached. The population of evangelical Christians is about 1.7%. So most of the nation of Cambodia are unreached by the gospel. And God has brought this country up on our path. We've made a new friend in Sitan, Sitan Lee, who was with us last November. You would have, uh, if you were with us then, you may remember him speaking. In January, I was out in Cambodia for a couple of weeks and the privilege of teaching at a pastor's conference for him and working with a number of leaders in that country. Now, he leads a group of churches and a ministry called Transform Asia. They've got about 35 or so churches and 
numerous mercy ministries around the country, including an orphanage, a women's centre, a trade centre, a feeding programme, uh, another programme that, that feeds kids in the city dump, all sorts of things. Now CTAN is wanting to build the country's first Christian-based university. And uh, when I was out there in January, I stood on the land with him and we prayed for uh, what he wanted to do in this area of land. And just this week, have seen some of the plans for that. It's a very exciting organisation. So I went on behalf of the Christ Central team that I'm part of and also on behalf of us together to see what God might be opening to us and saying, Lord, we can't go everywhere, but we can go somewhere, so maybe we can go here and see what God might be speaking to us about. This, I believe, is a door of opportunity that God has brought to us. We've always said that we've got a heart for nations, but we've not quite uh, connected that very often into doing something practically. There have been one or two of you that have gone to other places, and we've, we've prayed for you and supported you and blessed you and encouraged you. But we've always been asking God, Lord, is there something that you're giving to us as a people, as a, as a whole, as a church family together, that we can get behind and say, you know what, maybe we can put some energy into here. We can't do energy everywhere, but we can do energy somewhere. And it feels like this is it. It feels like this is an opportunity that God has brought to us. I was in Darlington this week uh, with Mike Springer. I went to, to Cambodia with Mike and Kay, and uh, we had a video call with Tan, and we got to catch up with him and talk about some plans and discuss the next step, both for Christ Central Churches but also for us as a local church, saying, what are some of the things that we could do? How can we serve you? How can we partner? How can we bless? It's not about us taking over. This is about us blessing, about us encouraging, about us helping with what is happening somewhere else. Satan is very keen to work with us. Uh, both in Christ Central Churches and also us in Jubilee. He speaks very fondly of all of you. Loved his time amongst us. Loved his time here. Loved his time in Derby, actually. And um, he certainly wants to come back and we're hoping that we can uh, arrange that. So we need to understand that this is our calling. As much as reaching the city, this is our calling as well. Yes, we've always been part of an international family of churches, in the shape of New Frontiers, churches right around the world. But now it seems like God is giving us something to take some responsibility for. We can't do that everywhere. We can do it somewhere. And maybe in the future there will be other places as well. But right now, it seems like this is something that God is opening up to us. It's important that we realise it's not just about me. Now, I know I'm the one that went in January, and uh, it was great to, to be there and a real privilege. But it's not about me, it's about us together as a local church, and God speaking to us. There are opportunities here for many of you, I do believe. Susan is hoping to go out in the summer for two or three weeks uh, to teach English, which is a massive need. And... Uh, <clears throat> We're working probably uh, in one of the children's centres, perhaps the orphanage. And there's a huge need there for English teachers. And she can take some of her skills and experience from education and take it to that place for two or three weeks 
and be a tremendous blessing there. Maybe some of you could do that as well. Maybe you could go. Maybe you could go this summer even. Maybe we could be sending more than just Susan. Maybe two or three of you could go out in the summer. Actually, maybe God has put some skills and experience in your heart. Maybe he's given something to you. Maybe you've got something that you could take there and be a real blessing there. For those of you with medical expertise, there are huge opportunities, actually. Uh, While we were out there in January, we got to meet the chief exec of uh, the large hospital in the second city of Cambodia, a place called Batambang. And uh, he was really keen for us to, to go out there and maybe do a, do a medical trip and be able to serve that hospital there. He's not a Christian, but we're building some friendship with him. He'd love us to go, love some of you to go. Sitan as well is involved in a variety of medical missions out in the villages. And they would, they would take out a medical team and uh, they'd provide some medical care for people. And then there'd be a prayer station, they'd pray for them as well. I think I told you, I was telling my GP about it, and he was saying, that sounds great, but they need to be prayed for first. Then if they're not healed, they can go and see the doctor. Yeah, that's a pretty better way of doing it, isn't it? (laughs) But, you know, maybe some of you could go and be involved in that. Maybe you've got some practical expertise. Maybe you're good at making stuff or building. There are all sorts of projects that you could get involved with for a short or long period of time to make a real difference. I wonder, what are the skills and experiences that God has given you uniquely? How could he use that in another place? So the question for us is, what's next? How can we serve? How can we bless? How can we be obedient to the Lord Jesus? You know, the questions we're grappling with at the moment and saying, Lord, what is it for us? How can we best serve? How can we best be involved? Can a church in Derby really make a difference some 6,000 plus miles away around the other side of the world in a country like Cambodia? Can we? Yes. You know what? I really believe we can. Can we help to reach a largely unreached people group? Yes. I really believe we can. Can we do it all? No. Can we be part of the answer? Yes. We really can. You really can. We really can, together. If we had more time, we could look at, in more detail, the nations that are on our doorstep, even in the city of Derby. According to the 2011 census, we've got people in the city who are born in at least 47 different nations, plus others that are unspecified. Even on our doorstep, There are people from other nations, other languages, other cultures, other people groups who need to hear the gospel. Maybe for you, you don't need to get on a plane, you need to get on a bus. Let's begin to to wrap up. God calls us into a relationship with himself. But it's not just that. He calls you to be part of a people, part of a people that are reaching nations. So it's not just about you making an individual decision to follow Jesus. 
our culture is very individualistic. We often talk about, you know, when I responded to Jesus, my relationship with him. And that's true, but it's not just about that. It's not just about your response to him. It's about you being part of, you joining a people, a people of promise. A people who are on a mission to follow Jesus wherever he leads. God has called us to have a heart for other nations, to pray for other nations. Maybe for some of you, maybe even for many of you, to go to other nations. He calls us as well to reach the nations of the world that are on our doorstep here in the city of Derby. God calls all of us to pray, most of us to give, and some of us to go. So I wonder how is he speaking to you this morning? We all have a part to play in reaching nations. All of us. We all have a part to play in Jubilee reaching the nations that are on our doorstep here in the city. Wouldn't it be great if we had a vibrant multicultural church that represents the nations of the world that are on our doorstep? Wouldn't it be a whole lot of fun if some of our worship songs were not in English? Wouldn't that be good? I wonder, actually, some of you worship leaders, I haven't planned this, but I'm going to be maybe prophetic, maybe just provocative, who knows, <laughs> perhaps it's both. Maybe we need to step out in this. Maybe we need to start having some songs in other languages before there are people of other languages here. I'm looking for some of you singers and worship leaders who are currently hiding Going, don't look at me. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to step out. Wouldn't that be a whole lot of fun? As we begin to reach people from other cultures and other nations. I want us to be a church that has the nations on our heart and sees the whole world as our mission field. Because it is. Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of Earth. Amen. Can we stand together? I'd love us to pray as we close. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we stand before you this morning. And say, Lord, this just seems such a vast subject, (laughs) such a huge ask that we could even consider places other than ourselves. Could it really be? But Lord, we want to be obedient to your words. We want to be obedient to what you've said. And so, Father, I pray this morning we would respond in faith. And Lord, we recognise we can't go everywhere, but we can go somewhere. And so, Lord, I want to pray this morning that you would speak to us together about how we can be part of the answer, part of the solution, how we can play our part, what the bit is that we've got to bring into reaching the nations. And Lord, it does seem like a huge task. But Lord, it's part of who we are. We're a people of promise. We're grafted into these prophetic promises that you spoke to Abraham, that you gave to the nation of Israel. Lord, that now we get to inherit 
Lord, you've spoken these things over us. And we want to be obedient to your call upon us. So, Father, firstly, I pray for us as a church, Lord, that we'd respond in faith and we'd respond well to you and that we'd be able to play our part in reaching other nations for you, whether it be here in this city or indeed other countries. Lord, we pray for Sitan and the work in Cambodia. Lord, we pray for the churches that we, he serves and works with. Lord, we, we pray for them even this morning. We say, God, would you pour your spirit out upon them? Would you bless them, Lord Jesus? Would your hand be upon them? Lord, we think of uh, Pastor Sun that we prayed for previously. Lord, who had the motorbike accident and was suffering so badly and not having really any memory. We pray for him, God, there. We pray for him in that nation. We say, restore his memory, Lord, that he might once again serve that church that he leads and be able to reach people in his village and his area. Lord God, we think of some of the mercy ministries that we spoke of earlier. We thank you for the women that have been rescued from... um, the horror of prostitution. We thank you for lives that have been turned around. We thank you for the stories of, of girls that have been rescued, have come to know you, and are going on with you and serving you faithfully. Lord, we, we thank you for these things. And we say, God, we want to bless and encourage that. We want to be a, heart, a help and a partner there in order that we might see your kingdom advance and your gospel go forth in that nation and indeed others. And so, Lord, I want to pray now that you'd speak to us individually. Father, I want to just ask you now, Holy Spirit, come and speak to our hearts. I just believe now that God is going to be speaking to many of you about ways that you could play your part. That could be all sorts of things. It could certainly be praying, maybe giving financially, maybe going. being an encouragement and a blessing. I just want to wait and ask the Holy Spirit just to speak now. Just ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask the Lord what your part to play is. I believe we've all got a part to play in this. I just ask him now quietly, what's your part to play? I know for some of you, you'll feel particularly stirred on this subject. And just as we have our eyes closed and before the Lord, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Particularly if you feel God speaking to you about this subject of nations, about other places, other people groups. You just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you just before we finish. Father, I want to thank you for your work, Lord. Thank you for those that you're speaking to. Thank you for those whose heart you're speaking to about the nations of the earth and Lord I want to pray right now that you would bless and continue what you're starting that what you've begun Father I want to pray that you would increase Lord Jesus I pray that there'll be many in Jubilee who who go to other places and are blessing to other places Lord I pray that we as a local church will be able to play our part no matter how small it might be of being a blessing to some other places, of resourcing other places, of reaching the nations of the earth with the gospel. 
And Lord, for those particularly who you're speaking to now, Father, I pray, increase it, Lord. Increase it and bring clarity to what it means, I ask, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.